0: Well, hello again. I'm Buck Benny. Uh,
1: I'm joined by Kathy Fuller Seeley, our relative uh, Jack Benny Specialist. And we have John Henderson, our other relative Jack Benny Specialist. (laughs) And we have Vincent Longo, our Orson Welles man. And we have Terry Phillips, who is uh, our Jack of all trades, really. (laughs) He he is our our historian and our connection to, broadcasting in general and just just all around great guy (laughs) and uh did anybody have before we get started anybody have any updates on any new releases they have anything coming up that they that uh terry i don't know where you're at i think you just dropped uh the episode last week or something i can't remember yeah it was
2: about 10 days ago and uh we're in the uh, process of preparing the last episode for this season then we'll take a hiatus for a couple of months and uh come back i think uh, in the uh, in the fall
1: yep and that's on imagine air theater and uh great place to go and and uh, uh listen to terry and his wonderful team present all kinds of uh, different shows that are that are fun to listen to so thank you
3: there you go well i can i can update you daryl that um we're just about to put volume two of the lost benny a broadcast into production which goes pretty quickly and I've taken your advice to put you asked for little summaries of the episodes uh uh before each script and so uh so it's a great idea and so I, I put that in so beautiful thank you
1: yeah no I think that's great I think I think people would love to see a little thing about what's in that episode like historic or whatever. I,
3: I, no, it, it worked really well. And it gave me a chance to say, hey, you're gonna meet Prince the dog here. Yeah. You're gonna see Prince again <laughs> in October, 1950. Isn't that interesting yeah. that, the, that, that given um, when they're fresh out of ideas, the uh, right. the four Benny writers started going through these old scripts. So. <laughs>
1: well, and that's great. And, and And I think that really helps because it ties things in that, that Jack never would or his team never, you know, yeah. and so you can actually say in hindsight, oh, here's a connection that they have and things. So, so
3: like, I'll, I'll, I'll put you all in the acknowledgements. How about well, that? Your names, that will see, your names will see print in this one. So
1: Yeah. Um, I assume mine will have a little bigger font than the others. Is that correct? Or
3: Oh,
1: yeah. <laughs> <Definitely>. <laughs> I went I want John to be in like,
4: point six.
3: <laughs>
4: Daryl, you better get that in writing.
1: Daryl like <laughs> John <thing>. Henderson.
5: <laughs> I can be in small print, but I want my own page. You want your own page? <laughs> six point font page. Yeah. Just send your name
1: over and over again on the whole page. John Henderson, John Henderson. <laughs> great anyway let's get started with with today's episode um that was a fun little chat and we got a little laugh there which is great because we kind of need that because uh unfortunately this week we lost uh, jack benny um and mary livingston's daughter joan benny and uh so we thought we'd do a tribute to her this is uh the television episode that she's featured in the most i do really like her her in this episode i wish she would have been in more episodes actually i think she comes across really well i liked her delivery i like just her she's just cute and everything and um i did think i did notice one discrepancy in this episode i think and maybe you guys noticed it maybe didn't uh, i want to say they refer to her as being 17 years old in the episode itself and then, and then at the very end when he's like they're in person in front of the audience jack brings uh, Mary out, and he brings Joan out. Oh, and this has it, too, which is really nice. Anyway, he brings them both out, and then he says she's nineteen. And as I thought about the dates and things, I was like, yeah, she was nineteen; she wasn't seventeen. So anyway, that not that, that makes I, any difference. It's just a little weird to have. Him no, out you're right, him. but that would
3: make the high the high school joke yeah. uh, re- work better.
1: All right, right. So that's probably. No, what you're
3: although saying. they could have said, "Oh, she's a college student," which yeah. she was, for
1: which her, would have worked as well. Uh, yeah i don't know that's what but you know it kind of ties into the fact that they're like i say their age numbers and their anniversary numbers all seem to be kind of messed up so often on this show so it's kind of neat to have it messed up in, in one episode two ages in one episode anyway uh so what do we think uh let's let's go over to john uh, and john you said uh, she did some radio performances too but anyway you can talk about that yeah
5: and uh, this is, they actually did this exact episode on the radio. This is 54. They did it on the radio in 1950. And so I think, you know, she's 19 playing a 15 year old in the same way that on the radio, instead of bringing in this actor to play the teenager, they got Dennis Day to play the teenager. And he's like 30 playing <laughs> a 15 year old or whatever. So,
1: yeah, I actually... I can see why they didn't do that on the television show. It would have been very strange to have... Yes. (laughs) (laughs) It would have been funny. I think they they maybe should have done it. It would have been strange. But anyway, go ahead, John.
5: I really enjoyed this episode, especially having already heard the radio episode. Mm -hmm. It was a lot of fun. I love the Rochester stuff. And you really get the whole spectrum of cheap jokes in this episode some of them especially towards the beginning i think really work and some of them don't work so well and i don't know if it's because they're adapting a script from the radio and they weren't able to translate it properly i think the cheap jokes really work really well when jack benny is like in his heart of hearts really cheap but he wants to put on the facade that he's not cheap so that that tension, that dynamic, is always very funny. Whereas in this dream sequence, sort of the idea is, you know, uh, it's a nightmare about him being so cheap. But because of that, it seems almost a, a bit mean spirited, or it doesn't. It doesn't play as well, I think.
1: Right. They play in the in the dream sequence that is him imagining that he has a wife who's played by his wife Mary Livingston, yeah. and he has a daughter played by Joan Benny, and and that's his daughter in real life. Uh, which is really a cool concept in a way that to, to make an acknowledgement there of something that throughout the course of his career, he never, you know, they never acknowledged. They thought that would kind of dilute the show or whatever. And so they didn't do it, but it's kind of neat to see that happening. But when they uh, make it be that in this dream fantasy world, uh, Jack is not successful and does not have his radio show and things. and. Just somehow being cheap and then being kind of broke and ha- and living off his wife's income just doesn't carry as much. It's just not as, it doesn't come across as funny. But certainly in a writer's meeting, I can see you talk about it and think, oh, this is going to work really well. Exactly, yeah. It just somehow doesn't, and like you say, it might be because of Jack's acting. It just, he looks, he seems a little sad in the way he portrays it. And so it makes you not think it's funny, but feel sorry for him. And that's not what you want. He, he, he maybe yeah. should have taken it the other way and been more aggressive with the way he played it. And it might've been funnier. I'm not sure.
5: And another, I think, problem is just the way they produced it, because I'm pretty sure there was not a live studio audience. And the laugh track is mm-hmm. not, firstly, you don't get any feedback from a laugh track, but it's also not a great laugh track. Like there were some jokes that that uh, Joan did, I thought, oh, it should be this kind of laugh, but they did that kind of laugh, and it just, it didn't work. It fell flat.
3: That is a great point, that laugh track, making was in its real infancy if you learn about the, the machine that this guy who worked on the Isle of lucy show had created with the little tape loops of actual people laughing mm-hmm. um you're right he, they could have chose better but it but, but it's a very good point but it apparently was very very early in the science of of uh making uh, canned laughter
1: yeah wh- when do we say this episode was Was it 54
5: 54.
1: yeah yeah that, that would be fairly early in in that process um well, let's let's go to uh, Kathy. What were your thoughts on it?
3: Oh, I um, I was just struck by how melancholy the that 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 part. Uh, you're right. Uh, Rochester's a uh, uh, beginning of the show is a real pick me up, uh, but Mary seems so sour you know bless her you know i mean she just lets it all hang out you know it's like is that what you know i mean oh i i i thought I, I felt truly bad for him and i also felt a little heartbroken when um because he played that scene oh she's gonna you know propose to me and he <laughs> so, you know i just yeah. and, and then you know when he goes oh never mind you know i mean yeah. so oh that um, i
5: like i i thought that was funny
1: yeah i mean to me the whole part <laughs> the part i was looking forward to in this episode was the dream sequence but i enjoyed everything else more than the dream sequence mm-hmm. ex- with the exception of of joan betty's acting which yeah. I, so um vincent what were your thoughts on this one
4: yeah so i found most of it uh incredibly funny especially we we're talking about the cheap jokes the one that sticks out to me was where he's trying to make fun of danny k as being cheap for his haircut and then he gives a, He gives the price for what he thinks a haircut is. And Mary's like, it hasn't been that. And, you know, it's, it's, it's way more than it was before. I thought that was hilarious. Um, two other things stuck out to me. One was a reminder of Eddie Anderson's popularity at this time. You know, there's always a running joke of Jack Benny's uh, lack of fan letters. But here they sort of say, you know, Rochester has more. And that was actually my first introduction to um, Rochester was I was researching live performances in movie theaters sort of like vaudeville. And he, and you know, as Kathy's book talks about he's incredibly popular. I mean, breaking box, uh, box office records and things like that. So, you know, it's it's funny that they're sort of using that as a joke constantly um, as a reminder of his fame. The other thing though, is I didn't mind the dream sequence as much but I wasn't looking for laughs too much. I was thinking more about sort of the play on gender roles Um, I actually found this, uh, you know, like the episode we did uh, recently where uh, Jack is uh, Gracie Allen. This one actually found slightly more progressive in the sense of at least they're uncritical of the sort of masculine woman. I mean, yeah, Mary's sort of tough. That didn't bother me too much. I thought she was sort of impersonating Jack, actually. Um, Also, um, you know, nowhere in the episode are they explicitly as sort of against the feminine Um, uh, you know, Jack Benny, although, you know, the, the joke is of course the emasculated man. That's essentially what they're making fun of this entire time. So I sort of saw it as a, uh, you know, I wouldn't maybe say progressive, but at least subverting some gender norms, sort of post-World War II sort of anxiety about, uh, gender roles. I thought it worked decently well. So I found it interesting, perhaps not funny. Um, but yeah, I liked it.
3: Yeah. Good. Uh, we'll have to show we'll have to show vincent the time where jack benny does the honeymooners and oh yeah. to see his version of ralph cramden um <laughs> uh, you know when you just talked sort of uh, domestic gender roles yeah just for uh-huh.
1: different. piece that's yeah
2: i agree terry what do you think well um let's begin with um uh, a few observations about time since my last play was about time hint hint <laughs> nudge nudge uh, <laughs> uh you're right this uh, joan was 19 in this episode as he acknowledged at the end and and it was i agree with with all of it, it was delightful to see her and sad uh, to note her, her passing but she really was um a hidden gem in the jack benny family of performers and uh, it was wonderful that uh, that she got used a couple of times a few times uh, and it would have been nice to see more of her but um You know, there's an old uh, philosophy in show business that you should always leave them wanting more. And she did. She left us wanting more, Uh, which reminds me, I think it was Bob Hope in his eulogy of Jack Benny, who talked about uh, the passing of of Benny as being the only example of his timing being bad. He left too soon. And um, I guess his daughter inherited that as well. Um, I noticed, uh, speaking of time, oh, well, one more thing about age, the actor who played her boyfriend, um, Leon Tyler, who played uh, Calvin, is still alive. And in fact, uh, he, his, uh, his birthday, his 89th birthday was just a, a few days ago as we were recording this. Wow. Um, we saw uh, a, uh, a shot of the cover of Collier's magazine with Jack on the cover. That's a real cover. And they got an advanced copy because it wasn't published until a week after this episode aired um, on Jack's uh, birthday. And the episode was a week before his birthday. So I thought that was I'm not exactly sure how they pulled that off. But obviously, they had a relationship uh, with the magazine. And and so um, they were able to free, do that.
3: Free publicity. Oh, oh Of course.
2: Absolutely. Free publicity for sure. Um Early in this episode, uh, Polly, the parrot, voiced by um, Mel Blanc, sings a little bit of the jingle, How Are You Fixed for Blades, which was the jingle for Gillette Blue Blades. Mm -hmm. And in the commercial that was um, airing in those years, in the 1950s, um, there was a parrot in the commercial, Sharpie the Parrot, who sang that. So I thought that was kind of an interesting tie. I doubt that there was you know, a financial relationship. I think it was just something the writers found funny, but um, I thought that was that was worth noting. I loved Don Wilson's portrayal of the justice oh, of the peace at the wedding. The incorporating the commercial. Yes. Yeah, that was hilarious. And and I, I listened to a little bit of an interview with Jack Benny, in which he talked about how from the very beginning of his years on radio, he supported the idea of um, incorporating commercials and making the commercials funny. And obviously he he continued that throughout his, uh, his radio career. I want to end on a, a critical note because that's my job. Uh, <laughs> I don't know what the rest of you thought, but I could not get over how horrible the hair and makeup on Jack was at the beginning of this episode. It was so amateurish. His eyebrows were like super dark, you know, grease paint, and the hair was—you know—maybe he wanted the hair to look like a like a toupee, which it, it did. But I—I I don't know why they did this. It just i, I couldn't get over how how—you know—they should have fired the makeup artist, unless that's what they were going for. But it was just weird. <laughs> Frank, Frank Nelson
3: uh, uh, <laughs> uh, carried over from the the Gracie oh, and uh, right right Allen episode.
4: So Terry, still- I thought it was on purpose though i thought because he was like trying to make himself up you know be ready for this proposal yeah, maybe maybe. So i thought right. he overdid it that was that's how i read it I yeah also, yeah yeah that I could, that could be
2: beautiful. but it just yeah. it really it really uh caught my attention and not in a positive way
4: <laughs> yeah
1: i noticed that too i noticed he looked very different um the other side of it i mean i didn't i thought mary they did she looked different too especially in the in the throwback piece, but uh, yeah,
3: they did her hair yeah. very strangely. That,
1: like, maybe yeah. the normal person to do the hair and makeup or something, or they—I don't know—that it, it just seemed different. And uh, being as I've seen earlier shows and later shows that seem to have their acts together as far as the hair and makeup goes, and then this one just seemed a little off. But I don't know. It could have been because it was one of the earliest film shows and maybe they were trying to uh, go, oh, for the film shows, we got to really make people look good. We got to make Jack look like he's got a lot of hair or something. I don't know <laughs> what was going on there, but it, like I say, it went overboard. So yeah, interesting. But uh, yeah, interesting episode overall. I, I loved uh, that scene. I'm glad you brought up the scene with, um, with Don Wilson marrying them. It was fun to see them get married. It was fun to see Don Wilson do it, and then I, I was like, "Okay, they're going to touch on this on this uh, joke with him 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 doing the commercial during the marriage ceremony." But they really went all in and it just kept going and going and going. I was like, oh, "Wow, this is great!" And so uh, very, that was very enjoyable. The whole episode certainly worthwhile watching if you're a Jack Benny fan at all. And as much
5: as we like to nitpick some of the little details it is it is great to be able to see jack benny and mary and that they're actually playing his Mm -hmm. wife and daughter and like how do you fit that into something we've already established that they're not married i thought this was an ingenious way to do it and it was great to see joan benny and i don't know if we've mentioned the book that uh, joan benny wrote basically taking jack benny's memoirs that were never published and telling her own memories it's uh, Sunday nights at seven, and it's a uh, it's a great book. Yes, agreed.
3: So, so Bear Manor Media would would um, really really wants to reprint it, and I'm, I'm I'm looking for material that would make it a true second edition or a you know a revised updated
0: mm-hmm. thing.
3: So yeah. there is a chance that there might be the original Jack Benny's part of the manuscript. That might have some stuff that a New York editor in 1990 might have cut out. So, uh, yeah.
1: Nice. So we can't wait until that gets released and and we get a chance to get that. Also, you're gonna be adding an index to it, I think. Uh, yes. What you said so that'll that'll be nice because it's not indexed very well or whatever, and so it'd be not, nice. Not at, all. not at all. Okay. Yeah, because because it's I would, I want to be able to find things in there, and most of his other. Books about Jack are indexed, but uh, that one's not. Uh, I will say it. I, I think it, by everyone's account, probably it is the best book written about Jack Benny. If you're going to get one book about Jack, that's the one to get, because in his own words, it's so interesting to read those parts. And then Joan's reflections uh, are great. Um, and just to just to highlight Joan, just a smidgen more. Uh, of anybody that I can think of that is a child of a famous person she's done about the, the most solid job that I can think of Of every time I've ever seen her on anything. She is always um, talking about how wonderful Jack was, um, how how, her mother and Jack and the whole thing. And she's just really um, done a great job to kind of try and preserve and, introduce folks to Jack and who he was and what he was about, both in his personal life, but also through his work in in film and and television and radio. And uh, she was just, I couldn't see him be more proud of the way she, um, what, throughout her whole life was so supportive of her family and everything. That was great.
2: Just the way Joan Crawford's daughter honored her mother.
1: Oh, there you go. Yeah. (laughs) <laughs> Maybe not exactly. <laughs>
3: yeah. or, or Betty Davis's daughter. Or Betty, Betty Davis.
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm sure there was pressure on her to do like a tell-all sort of sensational thing or something. I don't, I don't think there was much to tell, so you really, unless she was making it up. But uh, yeah, but I, I just think that was delightful to to see in here, and and something like you guys are just mentioning other folks. You you just don't get to see that that often, and so few uh, of the huge successful performers that have these giant egos were all that great to their kids and so forth. I mean, mean, she talks about Jack and the time he spent with her and the drives they went on. And uh, if you listen to any of her interviews, they're very delightful to listen to. There's a number of them on YouTube that you can watch and listen to. um, And she does a fantastic job. Uh, I... Now that I think about it, I, even, I don't think I've even aired any of these, but I've got a ton of them that she's done in radio different times in her life when she was, especially when she was releasing the Sunday night at seven, she appeared on a lot of local like radio shows to, to, um, plug the book. And so there's probably 17, 15 different interviews that I have or something like that with her. Oh, that's
3: fabulous! Yeah. you, should, you could yeah.
1: Definitely compile those. Those would be fascinating to hear. Yeah. Yeah. So, and- so I'll, I'll see what I can do with that.
3: And for our audience, just as recently as this February, she made a quick guest appearance on the, the Jack Benny uh, uh, Hullabaloo Convention that is available uh, if you link to the, uh, the Jack Benny fan club page. You, all the um, uh, uh, All the interviews, all the presentations, including ours. <laughs> uh, uh have been um, posted and it's available for free and it's a marvelous um I think it's like at forever39.com but you can definitely find it if you go to the Jack Benny fan club webpage and for our multitudinous fans um it, it's a great thing the the interview with because all Jones four children are there and they speak for about 90 minutes. They have wonderful stories to tell too about adventures with their mother as well as adventures with their grandpa. Uh, grandpa. Yes. So. Wow,
1: that's great! And then uh, just a since you mentioned it, a quick plug for the Jack Benny International Fan Club uh, face uh, yeah, Facebook page. It is really well done. There are so many wonderful people there sharing all sorts of things, and you see pictures that you've never seen before, and they connect to different. YouTube videos and they share their insights. It's it's a really great place to go if you want to go and talk to other people about Jack Benny and things. Wonderful. And Kathy's over there all the time posting things. Uh, she just posted, I think, this week uh, a little. What was it? A letter that it was. It was where. What's the name of the of the lady who shared her scrapbook with you and everything, Kathy?
3: Oh, Barbara Fennell, an amazing woman who's 92, not to tell any secrets, who started um, making, she fell in love with Jack Benny when she was 13. And she started making a scrapbook about his career. And she's an amazing archivist. I have now um, digitized more than 3000 pages. Wow. Of that uh, So she just kept making these um, scrapbooks throughout her life. After she spent a couple of years at college, she even took herself out as a young woman all the way to Southern California by herself, and ended up getting a job at CBS Radio, so that she could at least see Jack in the hallways. Wow! <laughs> it, it, so uh, I've been so yes, it's been a real um, um, pleasure and honor to be um, uh, digitizing these scrapbooks, so that then we'll all get to see them. Um, because uh, she just had uh, an incredible uh, ability to find things. So
1: well, it's so cool that when you post something. You'll, you'll, you'll sometimes ask her a question or say something, and then she'll respond yeah. to it. And so you get to see her yeah. response because she's still around and everything. That's fantastic.
3: She's, she's so, it, it, you know, it's nice to make someone happy. And um, she donated her lifetime collection of scrapbooks. She donated them to Laura Leibowitz, president of the Benny Fan Club, some number of years ago and when I, I got the chance to visit laura at her house and i we were she was showing me all her amazing stuff in that jam packed house and we were in the basement and i see this pile of scrapbooks and i go laura what's that and she goes oh scrapbooks a longtime fan gave them to me and i said can i look at them and she goes oh yeah i never have and we pull them out and the first thing i see is a heavily taped over piece of rock and it came from the driveway at jack benny's house in Beverly Hills from one wow. time that Barbara and, a friend, and I said oh I gotta see what else she's got so Barbara has let me I've been um getting them and scanning them and now um Laura is preserving them um they'll probably go to some place like the University of Wyoming's Jack Benny Papers uh a collection but it makes um Barbara Thinnell, so happy, my 92-year-old friend, and we talk on the phone all the time, she's my great girlfriend now, Um, but because she says, oh, my babies, I can see my collection again, because I've given her a link to the, you know, because imagine, she was willing to give them up, and she hadn't seen them in something like 10 years.
5: Wow. I love them. They're they're my favorite part, checking in every week. It's great. Yes, I agree.
1: parade oh, for
3: fans, so. and
1: the one you just posted that I was saying is so cool because it's just a few paragraphs long, but she essentially summarizes Jack Benny's career. And I and I'm thinking, boy, I haven't heard anybody with that much insight cover that much ground in that in that quick of a time frame. I was really impressed because she quoted his very first appearance on Ed Sullivan. How many people know what he said on there? I mean, some of us do, but. A lot of people don't, and yet, and and to think that she knew that back at that time, without yeah. the internet, without all the things we have, yeah. research these kind of things, and then she was talking about the the dates, and unlike Jack and his team, she got her dates right, which was. <laughs> <laughs> great <laughs> and the ages right she she nailed their ages too at that point. she even mentions Joan in there that Joan is thirteen years old at the time when she's writing this, and that uh, Jack was fifty four at the time. so uh,
3: so well well thank th- thank you all and the folks out there, as I said, um hopefully pretty soon now we're gonna make all those scrapbook pages uh available for everybody to search and have
1: fun with. That's fantastic. That'll be exciting. All right. Well, uh, anyway, I hope you all enjoy this episode and uh, remember Joan and what a wonderful person she was and uh, you get a chance to see her acting a little bit here and and it's delightful. So uh, without further ado, here is the episode. Thanks, everybody.
6: The Jack Benny Program presented by Lucky Strike. (laughs) Thank <laughs> you.
7: que <laughs> proud of myself and why shouldn't I be when I finished all of my normal household chores a minute and 20 seconds ahead of schedule mr. Benny congratulated me for cleaning the house so fast he said I was the only man to break the sound barrier with a vacuum cleaner <laughs> After I finished cleaning the house I assorted the fan mail, and again, I got more than he did. <laughs> Before Mr. Benny went to bed, he asked me if I had any ideas he could use for his next television show. And I told him he couldn't miss if he'd just do the things that happened to him in real life. Like today, for instance. The morning started out normally enough, but anything is liable to happen in the house of Jack Benny.
6: Amazing the things they have nowadays. Shaving cream with dioxin in it. Shaving cream with lanolin in it. Shaving cream with chlorophyll in it. (laughs) Had to chase all over town to find shaving cream with soap in it. (laughs) There. I'm all shaved. Nothing like a nice, smooth... Hmm. I forgot to put a blade in it. (laughs)
0: You
6: packs for blades. <laughs> <laughs> always watching the plates. What'd you get at the market, Rochester?
7: Food for the week. Yeah. Uh-huh. Butter, bread, meat, and the usual supply of canned goods. Mm-hmm. But I think next week I'm gonna have to shop at a different market.
6: Why? What's wrong with our regular market?
7: Well, you know how they always charge less for cans that are bent. Yeah? Well, this morning they caught me bending them. <laughs>
6: You ought to be ashamed of yourself, bending cans so you can get them cheaper. I'm glad you were caught.
7: They wouldn't have caught me if I hadn't asked for a mop.
6: What'd you need with a mop?
7: I tried to bend a bottle of milk. Now stop making things up.
6: I'll answer that. Put the groceries away. Yes. Hello? Hello, Jack. This is Mary. Oh, Mary, I was just thinking of calling you. What's on your mind? Well,
8: what are you doing right now?
6: Nothing, why? Well,
8: I've been sitting here thinking, and there is something I'd like to talk to you about.
7: Gee, it sounds important.
8: Oh, it is, Jack. It's uh, something I've been thinking about for a long time. And now that I've worked up enough courage, well, uh...
6: Look, Mary, I don't know what you're getting at, but if it's that important, as soon as I finish shaving, I'll come over to your apartment.
8: It can't wait. I'll come over there. I'll take a taxi cab and be right over.
6: Well, all right, goodbye. Gee, I, I never heard Mary sound so serious before. I wonder what she wants to talk to me about. It must be important. The cab fare from her house to mine is a dollar twenty. when you get stuck by that darn light on sunset. (laughs) Oh, well. I still can't imagine what Mary wants to see me about. Couldn't be about her contract. She just signed a new one. I wonder if... Say, hey, I know what it is. For years I've been asking her to marry me, and she's always turned me down. I even asked her last week. That's it. She must have changed her mind. That's what it is. That's all it could be. You
7: know,
6: Rochester, today you can say anything you want to because I'm in an exceptionally good mood. You are? Yep. You know, for years, I've been asking Miss Livingston to marry me, and she's always turned me down. And today, I think she's coming over to accept. No. Yes, sir.
7: Well, congratulations.
6: Thanks. Now, when Miss Livingston comes, I want you to fix up two glasses of champagne. Yes, sir. Gosh, I just can't get over it. Oh, boy, it'll be wonderful when Mary and I are married. We'll be able to go to parties together, go on vacations together, file joint income tax returns. (laughs) (laughs) And maybe someday there'll be a little stranger. (laughs) I've been asking Mary to marry me for years, and she's always turned me down. Well, if she thinks that she can come over here, and I'm gonna ask her again, just like that. She's got another guest coming. I'm gonna play hard again. I'll tease her a little bit. Maybe I'll even make her propose to me and... Yeah, that's what I'll do. I'll make her propose to me and... Propose to me, and propose to me, and propose to me, and propose to me, and... (laughs) Yes, sir, that's what I'll do. I may even make her kneel down when she asks me. Oh, gosh, she's here. See, I better be careful. I don't want to know how anxious I am. I better restrain myself.
8: Jack, how
6: are you? I do. I mean, fine.
8: <laughs>
6: it didn't take you long to get here, did it? No, I rushed right over. <laughs> ah, good, good. Now, come on over. Sit down here, Mary.
8: Uh, no, you sit
6: down. All righty. <laughs> well, what do you want to talk to me about, Mary?
8: Uh, can anybody hear us?
6: No, no, no. What does he want to tell me?
8: Where's Rochester?
6: He's in the kitchen. What is it?
8: Well, Jack, uh-huh. There's that something that's been on my mind for a very long time and... Uh-huh. Well, uh, it's such a delicate subject that I... I just don't know how to say it. <laughs> you know, it's kind of a... I don't know how to tell you. <laughs> now,
0: now, look,
6: Mary, you, you called me, you rushed over in a cab. Now, what is it you want to say to me?
8: Well, Jack. uh uh-huh. Jack. Something has got to be done about your being so cheap.
6: Mary, is that all you wanted to tell me?
8: Yes, Jack, and everybody in town is talking about it.
6: About me being cheap? Yes. Just mention one. Well, Barbara Stanwyck, Danny Kaye, Gary Cooper. I only asked for one. Anyway, that's a fine gang to talk about me being cheap. Especially that Danny Kay with that head of hair of his. He's so cheap, he won't even spend 35 cents for a haircut.
8: They're a dollar and a half now. (laughs) Oh, I'm sorry, Jack. But you better do something about it or you won't have a friend left in the world. Well. I mean it.
6: Well, look. Look, Mary. To show you that I'm not cheap. Now, you're all dressed, I'll tell you what. I'll take you to dinner, we'll go dancing and everything.
8: Oh, oh, I'm sorry, Jack, but but I have a date for tonight. Oh, with whom? Oh, somebody, you don't know him. Oh. Well, I guess i better be running along.
6: Okay. So a very funny thing when you called and said you were gonna rush down here and had something to say to me. I thought that you were going to, uh, well. Going to what? Nothing.
8: Oh, well, goodbye, Jack.
6: Good-bye.
0: <laughs> Champagne for two. I don't want
7: it. What's the matter, boss? You don't look good.
6: I got a headache.
7: Oh, well, and this will make you feel good. Champagne? It's uh, 7 up with an ounce of Celsius in it. <laughs> Good. Rochester. Yes, boss. Rochester. Yes.
6: Do you think I'm cheap?
7: Oh no, boss. I wouldn't say cheap. A little snug maybe, but not cheap. <laughs>
6: I knew you'd understand.
7: Well, shall I bring you lunch in now?
6: No, I'm going to lie down here on the couch a while.
7: I better pick this thing up. <laughs> oh no, leave it there. I might want to ask for a raise. Oh
6: no. <laughs> Boy was I fooled. I was so sure Mary had decided to marry me. I certainly asked her enough. She, the first time I asked her was when she was working at the May Company. I spent the whole morning there. It was dollar day. God, imagine Mary and me getting married. And now, before I pronounce you man and wife, I must ask you these questions. Do you promise to always smoke Lucky Strikes? I do. <laughs> And do you know that luckies are made of that fine, that light, that naturally mild tobacco? I do. Now, will you both repeat after me? L-S-M-F-T. L-S-M-F-T. Lucky strike means fine tobacco. Lucky Lucky strike means fine fine tobacco. tobacco. Do you have a cigarette?
9: Do you have a lighter?
6: Good. I now pronounce you man and wife. Imagine being married to Mary all these years and have a family. <laughs>
10: well,
8: I made it again, Emily. Ah. Uh. I sure wish they lived closer to the bus stop. You know, standing behind that counter all day long, my feet are killing me. Oh. Yeah, that may company me sure was busy today. It <laughs> certainly Hello, Mrs. Benny. Oh, hello, Mrs. Kratzmaier. How are the children? Well, Leonard and Julius are fine. Oh, that's good. But Irving, Richard, William, Natalie, Herman, Catherine, Sophie, Rachel, <laughs> <Benny> <laughs> and Michael have colds. Oh, <laughs> Yeah, and what a time for it to happen. The oldest one starts school next week. <laughs> Everything happens at once. Well, I, I better close the window before I catch a cold, too. You know, Emily, I'm kind of sorry we had to work so late. I was kind of anxious to get home early because today's my anniversary. Really? How long have you been
10: married to that blue-eyed schnook? <laughs> Twenty-one years. Oh, well, fuck up, kid. It could happen to anybody. I almost fell from myself once. I'll never forget the first time you walked into the store. Has he still got the ukulele? He's
8: got something worse, the violin. Oh, oh brother.
0: brother.
8: By the way, how's your daughter? Joni? Oh, she's fine. She's 17 now, you know. See, time sure flies. Yeah. Well, I guess i
0: better
8: begin again. I'll see you tomorrow, Emily. Good night. Night, I'll
10: see you at the bus stop in the morning. Okay. Oh, hello, Johnny. Oh, hi, mother. So busy doing my homework I didn't hear you come in.
8: Well, that's funny. You're finished with your homework by this
10: time. I know, but I'm doing it over. I never should have asked Daddy to help me. Look, he did some of my math problems, and every answer came out 39. Well, it's a number that's stuck in his head.
8: This is the house clean. Where's Daddy now? He's in there. No. I wish he'd, he'd stop scratching on that thing.
10: You're just how you feel. At school, they can't understand why I plug music appreciation. I know what you mean.
6: <laughs> That's who? Tyrone Power. It is not. Hello, wifey. How's my little sweetheart today?
8: Little sweetheart, little sweetheart. You don't even know what today is.
6: I do too. It's our wedding anniversary. It was just 21 years ago today that you said I do.
8: Yeah, me and my big mouth. <laughs> 21 years you've been telling me you're going to be a big radio actor. When is it going to happen? When?
6: Well,
10: don't pick on Daddy. He's such a good cook.
6: You're darn right. All day long I've been slaving over a hot, spot. Now, who can that be? I'll
10: get it. Oh, hi, Calvin. Hello, Joni. Come on in. Calvin, I want you to meet my parents.
9: Uh, How do you do, Mrs. Benny?
10: No, no, this is my mother. Daddy, take off that apron.
6: Oh, yes. (laughs)
10: Uh, would you young folks like to be left alone?
6: No, thanks.
0: I'm not talking. No.
10: <laughs> well? Uh, would you like to sit down? Uh-huh.
9: A beautiful room. You've got a big radio, a piano, and a television set.
10: Yes. Mother works awfully hard. <laughs> and the piano. Gee. Oh, is this a picture of your father? Yes, that was taken when he was in the navy.
9: Gee, you must be proud of him.
10: Underneath it says Admiral. That's the name of the television set. There's some pictures in the family album. Um, would you like to see them? I'm sure. <laughs> Here's cousin Rita, and this one's cousin Rose. And over here is mother and daddy's wedding picture. Oh, wait a minute. Why is your father holding that violin? Everybody notices that. He played at his own wedding. <laughs> what are they laughing at? As they marched down the aisle to the of "Oh promised me Mama had to hold his rosin.
9: No.
0: <laughs> <sighs>
9: Who's this cute little girl?
10: That was me when I started school.
9: But you look only
6: two years old.
10: I was. Daddy wanted me to get through school early so I could start working.
6: Dinner's on the table. Time to eat. Come on, Joni. Excuse us, Calvin.
8: Jack, <laughs> yeah. ask him to dinner.
6: Huh? Oh, oh, yes, yes. Then I can find out if his family is rich. I mean, Mary will. After all, you can't keep working forever. Come on, come on, Joni. You too, Calvin. Come on. Who's here? That's it. Now, Joni, you sit right over there. Mary, you sit here. And Calvin, you sit right here.
9: What about you, Mr. Benny?
6: No, no, I'll serve. I'll serve. Oh, boy, what are we having? Turkey or steak? Stew. (laughs) You know, with an extra person, I want to be sure that I can cut the meat real fine.
10: If you haven't got enough, I'll be glad to go home and eat.
6: No, 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 I'll manage. I'll manage. Now, give me your plate, Calvin. Give me your plate. Yeah. Yeah? Uh, Calvin? Uh, Joanie told me that your father works in a bank. Is that right? Yes. He's a janitor.
0: Jack, <laughs> yeah. I'm going to oh.
6: Well, all right, I, I have a surprise for you kids anyway. I'll be right back.
10: to play the violin for us while we have dinner jack will you put that thing away and sit
6: down mary it isn't often that we have company (laughs) mr benny why don't you sit down and eat before the food gets cold no 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 i'd rather play (laughs) Of course, if, if you want to show your appreciation for the music, there's an empty plate right there on the table. <laughs> all right, that's
0: it. Huh?
8: I've stood about all I can. I didn't mind working all these years, and I didn't even mind when you were selling my friends. But now you're hurting Joni's chances. And why? Because you're cheap. Cheap, do you hear me? Cheap. That's what you are. Cheap.
7: Cheap. 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 cheap I'm not cheap. I'm not cheap. I'm not cheap! I'm not! I'm Boy, not cheap! Boss, boss, wake up! A little snub, maybe, but not cheap! <laughs> wake up! Wake up, boss, you're dreaming!
6: Cheers. <laughs> yeah. You're right, Rochester. You know, I had a. I had. Hello?
8: Hello, Jack. This is Mary.
6: Oh, hello, Mary. What is it?
8: Well, I've been doing a lot of thinking, and, Jack, I'm sorry about those things I said to you today.
6: Oh, that's all right. Hey, Mary, want to hear something funny? I just had a dream that you and I have been married 21 years, and we had a 19-year-old daughter named Joan.
8: Was I still working at the May Company?
6: Yeah.
0: I thought so. Good night, Jack. Goodbye.
6: <laughs>
7: are always happening to Mr. Benny, but he must be quite a personality, because in honor of his birthday this month, his picture is on the cover of this week's issue of Colliers. He wrote quite an article for them. It's about how he feels now that he's approaching 40. (laughs) And in the parlance of a golfer, it's been quite an approach. This is quite a picture, Mr. Benny. It isn't just a photograph. It's a painting done by a real talented portrait artist. And he had to sit for it, too. The artist came over to the house three times. And when he finished, he had a little paint left over, so Mr. Benny made him do the kitchen. (laughs) (laughs) Mr. Benny's the only man in Hollywood whose eyes match the knobs of his kitchen cupboards. I I'll turn in now. Okay, Polly. I'm ready to go to sleep. Uh, goodbye,
8: baby.
9: Jack, we'll be back in just a moment. But first,
7: what do you think
9: this is? It looks like some form of torture machine, doesn't it? Far from it. Actually, this instrument has a lot to do with a better taste of Lucky Strike cigarettes. What you were just looking at was a device for measuring the moisture content of tobacco about to be made into cigarettes in a Lucky Strike manufacturing plant. And believe me, smoking enjoyment depends a lot on maintaining proper moisture content. Too much moisture, and your cigarette will burn too slow. Too little, and it will taste dry. That's why the American Tobacco Company keeps a sharp eye on the moisture content of the fine tobacco that goes into every lucky during every step of its manufacture. Here's how Robert Pendleton, who operates the instrument you just saw, tests for moisture after the tobacco has been shredded. He pushes a container of tobacco under the specially designed moisture meter. The long prongs bury deep into the tobacco. Then electric impulses show the moisture content of that tobacco on a dial. Yes, the fine tobacco that goes into every Lucky gets a lot of expert attention all along the line. The moisture test is just one of the hundreds of quality controls regularly made to be sure that you get all the better taste of Lucky's fine tobacco. For smoking enjoyment is all a matter of taste. And the fact of the matter is Lucky's taste better, cleaner, fresher, smoother. So be happy. Go Lucky.
6: Thank you, thank you very, very much, ladies and gentlemen, thanks. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, you know, on radio and on television, I'm not supposed to be married, but I'm sure that most of you know that, uh, Mary is really my wife and Joni, my daughter. I'd like to have them both take a bow. I was very proud of you, Joni. You did a fine job, didn't you, Mary? I thought so. Joni, would you like to do another TV show with me?
10: Well, I don't know. You'll have to talk to my agent. <laughs>
6: your agent? Johnny, I'm your father.
10: I know, but mother told me to get an agent. <laughs>
6: Good night, folks. See you in three weeks. week from tonight on this same station and Southern returns in private secretary and don't forget in three weeks the Jack Benny show will originate in New York City and Jack will have as his guest star Miss Helen Hayes the Jack Benny program has been brought to you by Lucky Strike product of the American tobacco company America's leading manufacturer of cigarettes this is Don Wilson saying be happy go lucky This is the CBS
9: Television Network.